0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. What a beautiful morning it is today that the Lord has given us. And this weekend, the weekend in general, is a unique time for everyone. It's a time for relaxing and events that we attend. It's a time to get everything done that you don't normally have time to do during the week. And then you have Sunday, a day of worship and relaxation and my favorite day of the week. So a time as followers, a time as followers of Jesus for us on Sundays to look back at our week, to see what God has done for us this week, to remember all the miracles, the small things, the big things, to remember the scriptures that you've read throughout the week, to remember the prayers that you've prayed to the Lord, a time to rest from everything going on, worship together, and prepare spiritually for the next days ahead. This week I've been studying in Leviticus and Numbers at home, and it's really humbling to remember all that the Israelites had to do, um, the laws that they had, versus what we have because of the sacrifice of Jesus. How great our God is, and how great it is that we get to worship every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, at New Hope together. Plus all the events and all the things that we do together in service and in between. Like, for example, this week we had um, the, the service project that our church did together where they built a ramp, and they did other service projects together. Our church is so blessed to have a pastor that not only stays true to what God says, who is completely devoted to scriptures, but also teaches us each week, multiple times, every week, on how to live a life worthy to be called a true Christian, and one that models that daily in his own life. His commitment to God is evident, and his love and commitment to each of you is never-ending. From calls and texts and prayers, visits, help at your homes, godly advice, a listening ear, a servant from helping cut watermelons, all the way to fixing countless things at this church and to so much more that he does that could fill this whole service. Pastor Russ, we are so thankful for all that we see that you do and all the things that are unseen that only the Lord sees. And this morning we have a few people that have gifts for you and would like to share an encouraging word to you.
1: (laughs) You were meant to be our pastor. (laughs) they gave me the candy to give to you.
0: (laughs) And we are grateful for all you do for us.
2: Always remember, you are loved a waffle lot.
0: (laughs) We do not, donut, know what we would do without you. (laughs) And
2: you are a terrific pastor. And thank you for putting up with us.
0: (laughs) And I see you found it. We don't know what we would do without you. (laughs) And from the church, an appropriate shirt. Be careful or you'll end up in my sermon. (laughs) Thank you for all that you do for us, and we hope that you feel loved all year. And in this month, we hope that you feel an abundance of love from everyone. And we have an announcement from the Act Teens. I don't have any jokes to pull out like that, so. <laughs> good morning. The Act Teens would just like to remind everybody of the Honduras bags. If you cannot fill out a bag, you can give money to either Miss Angie or Miss Susan. Uh, if you do decide to fill up a bag, there is a do's and don'ts um, and little list in the bag. Uh, the bags are due Sunday, October 30th. Uh, the bags will be on the church. At, sorry, the bags will be on the bench after church. Or the teens have some to give out right now. If you raise your hand and you want one. Okay, up. No. Okay, we got one at least. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's a great opportunity for us to give back to the children in the Honduras. And um, speaking of Honduras, we are our high school youth members and possibly some church members are planning a trip now and praying over a trip to Honduras. So what a great opportunity to um, fill one of these bags and then some of you might be able to see you know, the fruits of this whenever you go. So let us um, go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, how great you are. Your love for us is in everything. We praise you, Lord, for your creation from the beautiful sky when we wake up to the friendly smiles at church, to all that you have blessed us with, Lord. I thank you for the opportunities that you give us daily to to show others your love, to give to others, to help those in need. I pray over this service, Lord, that you will guide us through your words, that you will cause us to look back at our week to see where we fell short, Lord, and where you were so grand in your appearance. We praise you, Lord, unlike any other. We give you this time in worship and we pray that it pleases you and that our words bring you joy and that our hearts and our minds are focused on you. And it's in your wonderful, holy name that we pray. Amen.
1: y'all for the little gifts and the recognition for the flowers uh uh, 21 years is a long time you know and a lot of changes happened in the last 21 years um i've gotten fatter i've gotten grayer and less hair (laughs) hey not just me everybody's changed now okay uh when, when we were looking through uh the old directories for some pictures from Miss Catherine's thing last week. Um, I started looking at some of the pictures, you know, and how we've all changed. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, how how we change, you know, and and the good thing about changing in Christ. And, you know, families have changed over the last 20 years. Y'all have watched our children grow up and multiply, you know, and, and I've seen your children and grandchildren be born and grow up, and it's just been a blessing, and y'all have been a blessing um, to us, for sure, and to our family, and we greatly appreciate your love back to us. Um, we are very grateful to be here, that God led us here and, and has uh, blessed us in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, today, as I said, we're going to talk about change, and if you will, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in there this morning, and uh, after I started working on my sermon last week, I started thinking, I used a, a clip or a, a reference to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs just a couple of weeks ago. Well, I'm back on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, again this week, um, you all remember the movie where... Where the, the, the queen summons the magic mirror and she, she, she what, what does she ask the mirror? Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? It wasn't her, was it? <laughs> Who was it? It was Snow White, wasn't it? And that just sent her over the edge. Um, but she looked into the mirror and she was wanting affirmation and confirmation back from the mirror. She was wanting to be uplifted and encouraged by. The mirror, by what she saw in the mirror. Well, our, our series that we finished up last week, The Questions of the Faith, we were challenged to examine our hearts, to look into our hearts. And, and part of that series, we carried on through Wednesday night and, and on Sunday nights quite often. And, and one of the things that came out of that was to ask ourselves to, 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 to literally look in the mirror, go home tonight. Go home after church this morning and look in the mirror. Really look in the mirror. We all fixed our hair this morning, brushed our teeth, and may have put makeup on. I didn't put any on, but some of you did. And, uh, but, but really look into your eyes and see what's there. Who do you see? Look into your heart and discover what's, what's truly there. Some of you may have done that, but this this morning I want to encourage you to to do that sometime today. Maybe it's right after church or sometime before you go to bed tonight, but what would be in that reflection of of your mirror? Who do you see when you look into your heart? Is it the fleshly, worldly you, or is it the image of Christ? Have we taken on the identity of Christ? Because you see, whether we have or not, will determine how we we live our lives. When we read the Gospels and we see where, where Jesus asked Peter and disciples, He says, who do you say that I am? I want to turn the tables on that a little bit this morning and say, who does Christ say that you are? Who does Christ say that you are? And throughout this coming series, we're going to look at some of the things that we as believers are called. What, what, what does Christ see in us? What are we called to do in Christ? And we find one of those in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. As you're turning there, we, we see throughout 2 Corinthians that, that Paul, as he's writing, he's expressing his joy that, that the people have been restored. At another point, he's asking for a sacrificial offering uh, for, for the Jerusalem people. Um, he's defending his ministry to the unrepentant Christians. And then he's teaching that, that true ministry consists of both victory and suffering. But all of that has to take place. The only way we can become a Christian is we have to change. Something has to change in, in our hearts, and that's what he, he gets to in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through, through 20. And in that passage... He's talking about the Christians go through a a, a spiritual metamorphosis, you might say. Butterflies go through a spiritual metamorphosis, not a spiritual, but a a literal metamorphosis, don't they? They begin as an egg. They develop into a a caterpillar, and I I noticed this weekend is the woolly worm festival up in Boone and Blowing Rock area, so you see little pictures of the woolly worms everywhere, but After they become a caterpillar, then what happens? They turn into what? A cocoon, don't they? They turn into a cocoon. And then after the the cocoon gets ready, the butterfly comes out of the cocoon and flies around. It's a whole different person, a whole different identity of who it once used to be. Only as a caterpillar and and an adult butterfly do they... do, the, do they really move among the living creatures, the other living creatures of the world? And I think we can learn some things about the physical and, 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 and spiritual life of believers by, by looking at the caterpillar and the, and the butterfly. I, when I was first thinking about this last week, I was thinking, well, we're not really in butterfly season, but we really are. And uh, Sue posts a lot about butterflies on her Facebook and, 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 and she was some of the monarchs that she had uh, taken photos of and uh, just the, the, man, they're gorgeous, butterflies. When, you, when they slow down slow enough for you to look at them or land and just the incredible markings on them, it's really cool. But think about this, there's never been a single baby Butterfly. You ever thought about that? They don't start out little and grow big. They come out big. They, They come out as adult butterfly. But each butterfly has to be born from a caterpillar. The caterpillar, though, has to die to itself. It has to give up itself and turn into something else. It goes through that transformation of of, of rebirthing and, and the process before it becomes a butterfly before it becomes a, a new creature a new creation and once that butterfly comes out of the cocoon it's, it, it's a complete irreversible change it can't go back in the cocoon it can't go back to a caterpillar it can't go back to an egg their life is short. The whole process of an egg to a a caterpillar to a cocoon and, and butterfly, maybe six weeks. Two months at tops, I guess. And so, once they're birthed out of that cocoon and become a butterfly, they just flit around for about two weeks and that's it. That's their life. And when I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, our life, the life in this world the life that we have right now is very short in comparison to eternity you know the Bible says we're like a vapor or or a mist well it compared to a uh, think about a butterfly's lifespan compared to ours and then compare our lifespan to eternity But no matter what the butterfly ever does, he'll never become a caterpillar again. And Paul tells us that if we're in Christ, if we're a new creation, if a true transformation and a true rebirth takes place, then we can't go back either. We can't go back to the old ways and living life the old way because once we've experienced the goodness and the sweetness of God, we can't go back. If we have literally been transformed into a new creation, we can't go back to the old. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 20, 21, he says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And here it is, Therefore, if, That's a big if. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Bless the Lord. If you think about the the butterfly, as once he's able to be seen in the cocoon and it begins to to spread its wings and begin kicking off its its old ways and its old life, new life begins. Think about that process of, of that birth and that transformation of the butterfly into something brand new. And that's what God is calling us to do. It's what God is calling us to be a new creation in Christ. The key verse in that passage is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Again, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And folks, God works a miracle of a spiritual metamorphosis in us to bring about that new creation. Once we were useless caterpillars to the world, you might say. And in an instant, the Holy Spirit comes into the the cocoon of our hearts and begins a spiritual metamorphosis, changing us into the beautiful person that He wants us to be. That end result is is the gorgeous work that, that God does in us so that we can fly to new heights and have limitless potential and impact on the surroundings around us, to influence people and and places for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship. He put us together. He created us. He formed us into the people He wanted us to be because He had a purpose for us. He had a plan for us. He had work for us to do. Are we doing it? It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do. Good work for which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some of you are builders in here, I know, and like to create things and make things. You make things for a purpose, don't you? If you make a house, if you build a house, you build it to live in, don't you? If you build a woodshed, it's to store stuff in. It has a purpose, doesn't it? Maybe some of you got kids or grandkids and you build a little wooden car for them to play with. You build it for them to play with. God created us for a purpose. God created us to accomplish His will in this world. How much good would a shed be if if it's not used for anything? You think about the, 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 the abandoned homes that the hurricanes have demolished Taken out. They're just shells of homes and pieces of homes. And and they had a purpose at one time, but now they're not able to be used. Are we being used by God with our life? For we are God's workmanship. And so because we're a new creation, because we have a new life, he also says we have a new destiny, a, a new life. I want to flip back to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. And he says, Paul writes, he says, either way, Christ's Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life, to our old ways. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. He died for everyone so those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. When you look into that mirror, when you look into your, the eyes of your heart, are we working ourselves are we serving ourselves are we working for God are we serving God with our life in a in the way that pleases him Paul is saying that 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 the new creation are are the new Christians they don't live any longer for themselves it's not about us anymore It's about the kingdom of God and and glorifying God through everything that we think, do, and say. And so when we look into our hearts, is that the case? The caterpillar has a new identity, a new beginning, a new start, a new life. The birds, of the, the, the birds of the air that used to, to fly around, they used to, they used to eat the caterpillar. And now they don't even recognize the caterpillar because it's a butterfly flying the friendly skies with them. They've changed and, and, and moved to a different destination and a new life. Are we still living the caterpillar life? Are we still crawling on the on the low levels of earth? Or are we flying in the heavens with God? Is our life beautiful like the butterfly? Or you can see the old ugly caterpillar there. You see, if you're a sinner saved by grace, you too have a new identity. You have a new identity in Christ. We went on a mission trip several years ago, and I can't remember. I was trying to think earlier in the week, um, but I'm thinking it was one of the first mission trips we went to in Honduras, in the lower part of Honduras, and we went to a river where they had a baptism. had several baptisms that morning, but it was also, am I right? Okay. Okay. and I don't know if they called it the, the Butterfly River or whatever it was. But, folks, there were hundreds or thousands and thousands of butterflies just all over the place. And we were doing, ba- or they, they had they'd done baptisms there. And I thought, what an incredible comparison to being raised to new life in Christ. And seeing the transformation that the butterflies had taken on in their new life. They had been freed from the captivity of of their cocoon. And they were enjoying their, their new way of life. Again, they were once crawling on the ground. And now they were soaring through the skies. Flitting around hundreds and thousands of them. Oh, the beauty. The beauty to see that. We're like that when we find our purpose in Christ when we're living for him when we're living on mission for him and that we have a new life we have a new a new life a new destiny we also have been reconciled with God and because of that we have a ministry of reconciliation for other people and in verses 18 through 20 Paul is saying that God has a new purpose for our life and its new meaning hinges on every purpose of eternity. He says in verse 18 and 19 he says all this is from God who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them praise God. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation our new purpose is to set eternity in the hearts of other people we're to be agents and, and be a part of that process we all have that ministry of reconciling the rebellious world back to God and how do we do that well, we're ambassadors for Christ it says in this passage an ambassador for Christ if you think about our ambassador for a for government has all the authority of the government behind them and everything that they say. Folks, we as Christians speak with the authority of God behind us. When we speak with God's grace and the the guidance of of the Holy Spirit, we speak for God. We share His Word with other people. This is God's Word and we're sharing that with other people. We share God's love and God's call to repentance and salvation just as certainly as God Himself is calling to that person as well. He is speaking to us and through us. He says in verse 20, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making His appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. Let me ask you this morning, have you done that? Have you been reconciled with God? Have you sought God for the forgiveness of your sin? Have you confessed Him as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe it in the the depths of your heart? Do you know with certainty that if you pass? today that you stand in the glories of heaven without question do you have that assurance today I've been to four funerals in the last two weeks uh, there'll be another one Friday I'm going to all different ages all different people but they all have one of two destinies in eternity. They either choose heaven or hell. They either choose Jesus or Satan. And if you don't choose Jesus, you have automatically chosen Satan. There might be you have not chosen heaven, but you've chosen hell for yourself. Which have you chosen? When you look in the mirror, what what do you see? Do you see yourself as a caterpillar or a butterfly? Who does Christ say that you are? Well, if we're in Christ, he says that we are a new creation. We have a new life and a new destiny. We're reconciled with God with a ministry of reconciliation to the world and we are Christ's ambassadors speaking on His behalf to a lost and dying world. Are we a caterpillar or a butterfly? What about the caterpillar? Again, in order for it to become that, that beautiful butterfly that it, that it becomes, it first must die to itself. Folks, the world the world often looks at us and calls us a caterpillar. But God looks at us and sees what's inside. He sees what we can be. He sees our potential. He sees the, the beautiful butterfly within us wanting to get out, trying to get out. But in our arrogance and our pride, we won't turn our life over to Christ, and that and that beautiful butterfly stays entrapped in the cocoon. And the only way we can live life, and I mean really live life, is when we die to ourselves and let go and become a new creation. That we're no longer living for for ourselves. That we die to our old habits, our old ways. That we die to our old way of life. And that new creation now lives for Christ, who died for. As we commit our, our life to Him and be born again, and just as the caterpillar becomes a butterfly, which is a new creature, we become a new creation with a new mission, with a new goal in life. And that is to serve Him and not ourselves anymore. And so forget about the past. God has wiped away your slate clean if you've come into Him and sought forgiveness. That broken vessel that you came in, God has remodeled you, reshaped you, refined you, and made you new again. Made you into a new creation. The broken, gone from broken to blessed, from useless to useful, to purposeless to purposeful, from despair to repaired, from junk to justified with the blood of Jesus. Amen? And praise God for the blood of Jesus. For it is only through the blood that we're saved. I pray today that that you will make that decision to follow Christ. Or maybe today we really do need to look in that mirror and, and see what's inside our hearts and ask God to reveal to us what needs to be cleaned up. The cobwebs that need to be cleaned out a relationship that needs to become whole again with Christ. Where are you? What do you see in your heart? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you. God, that that you allow us And you want us and you desire us to become that new creation. That we can set aside and get rid of the things of the world. The evil and the darkness and and our our evil ways. Our wicked ways, our bad ways. And God, we pray today, God, that, that as we search our hearts, that you would indeed make known to us what's in there. But God, before we do that, we've got to get rid of the pride in our hearts to even go to the mirror to look and to be honest with ourselves about what's in there. God, maybe this morning you are speaking to someone that needs to renew their relationship with you. Needs to recommit their life to you or give their life to you for the very first time. Father, you know our hearts. You know everything in there. You know everything about us. And so, Father, this morning, we want to know too. And so make it known to us that we might respond to you in a way that's pleasing to you. Lord, you know our heart. You hear our prayers. And we thank you for answering them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.